All the second stage tanks now pressurized. 35 seconds and counting. We are still going. Welcome. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending. Are we beginning to see the formation of a fundamental shift in the American dream of home ownership? A weekly mortgage market update. 20 seconds and counting. Fighting up-to-the-minute information of Chinese investors in the real estate market. And they're really starting to have an impact, but it's only... On interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. If you look at it on a dollar value, it's significant. If you look at it on a unit basis, it's inconsequential to the overall big market. To participate in today's... Program. Our guest calling line is 646 716 4972. Here's the deal How much of the market, real estate market, is comprised of this type of property? 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Have you with us, everybody? That is the new intro from our good friend Andy Alvey. Yeah, that's Alice's son. He's a DJ. He does tremendous. He does many things. Worked has worked with Alice for many years. But he did that intro, and uh, I just love his voice, his ability. It's so much fun to have him here, and we appreciate you tuning in, everybody, to be here with us. Excited to have another opportunity to talk about what is going on in this ever-changing real estate finance industry. And today, we're going to be, again, having as our special guest, well, Maria Vergara. She's with Nallwrap Consulting. We're excited to have her here with us. It is Monday, September 25th. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the many of awards. But the best recipient we can get? is the one that you take the time to listen to this podcast each and every week. You know, when different ones dial in early, it's always fun. We had Richard from Everbank dialing in. He's listening in live, so kudos to you, Richard, for making this a part of your uh, program. We uh, love Everbank and love what you do uh, for the industry. Again, we've got Maria coming up, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's going on to diversity, how you can go in and meet the opportunities that are represented by the diversity that's entering the market, especially the first-time home buyer market. So you're going to want to tune in on that. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, ArchMI, the creator of the innovative new Rate Star program. I guess it's not so new anymore. It's still new and innovative, but it's been around a little while and it is changing the way people price and look at mortgage insurance. They do a great job. Excited to have them as a sponsor. Also, Motivity Solutions, which is now a part of the Black Knight family. Black Knight on their own is becoming an advertiser in the program, but they have the real-time reporting and dashboard and scorecards. Great tool of way for you to run your business. Anyway, a special thank you goes out to Velma, the virtual electronic marketing machine that gives out and gives us real-time email exchange and allows you to really get your email marketing message out in a very effective way. Brent Emler and his team will help you customize your message. Excellent job. And then Simplify. Nancy Alley, I got to tell you, she and her team do it a Great job, really helping you also communicate, but now it's helping you communicate in a real-time electronic communication with your clients. So thank you, Simplifile, for being a sponsor. And of course, the Mortgage Collaborative, Power of the Network, our good friends over there, Rich Zerbinski, Tom, Jen, of course, David Kittle, he's at the thing, and then Gary Acosta, who is affiliated with NARA, was the founder of this thing along with Jim Park. So excited to be a part of the Mortgage Collaborative. And we're excited to have many of our listeners be from that network. Finastra, 
we're glad to have them here, the third largest fintech company now since they merged with MySyst out of Europe. There's now over 10,000 employees in 42 countries serving 9,000 customers worldwide. That's pretty significant. So it's good to have the big boys advertising with us. If you're interested in advertising, please go to our website, Lickin' on Lending. Check out the website. You can look at the cost. You can see all of it up there. We'd welcome that opportunity. Let's get over to Rob Van Horst to give us an update on all that's going on with the MBA. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. MBA recently created an online hurricane resource center for people affected by these tragedies. The center is meant to assist both lenders and borrowers who were impacted. Please visit mba.org slash hurricane relief for information. This week, MBA and 14 other groups sent a letter to FHFA and the Treasury Department calling for a legislative fix to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac before any discussion of capital retention. Also this week, MBA's weekly applications survey showed the mortgage applications decreased 9.7% from one week earlier, and the average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage increased to 4.04%. MBA's annual convention and expo will be held this October 22nd through the 25th in Denver, Colorado, featuring the most important people in the industry and former quarterback Peyton Manning. Please be sure to join us next week for the Mortgage Minute. Thank you, Rob, for the update. Let's talk about some of the other conferences. Again, get registered for the annual conference of the NBA. And then also, I'll be the keynote speaker at MGIC's Focus 2017 in Nashville, November 15th through the 16th. Also, November 1st through the 3rd, I'll be uh, speaking at Compliance Ease's Risk and Compliance Summit in San Francisco. I'm talking on the topic of developing a compliant social media strategy. Very interesting stuff, especially when you look at New York, can be very restrictive in what they could do. And then other states where there's not so much regulation. So how do you develop compliant social media strategy? We're going to be talking about that in a whole series of podcasts. Looking like November is where we're going to be scheduling a whole series of podcasts on social media marketing and strategy. So you're not going to want to miss any of the podcasts. All right, so let's go into see who else we have. Oh, well, I always say thank you to our good friends who are on the podcast each and every week. Our friends is Alice, and he's not with us, but we got Joe and Sam. So thank you to all of them. Let's run over to Les Parker and get a macro look on. <laughs> I'm chuckling in advance because he's got two songs in here. Enjoy his music parody on what's going on in the markets on a macro basis. So, Les, what do you got for us today? It's great to be with you, Dave. Lone Logic sponsors Market Logics Live this week with two song parodies Doves Touching Doves, Stretching Out, Testing Highs, Testing Lows. Sweet static line, bad times never seem so good. Going nowhere in stocks or bonds, treasuries and the dollar seem negatively biased under the Fed dub drawing deflationary deductions despite dangerous dancing dramas. And, you know, every time I go to the, one of the baseball games, we listen to that song. It is, uh, we sing that. The last time I did that was in Boston. Love going to Boston for a baseball game. Anyway, Alice, that brings back some memories, doesn't it? Sing it, everybody. <laughs> well, Les has got another parody coming up here, and it's really interesting. Now, you look Dave, at where things are at. Oh, here it goes. Gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. 
Fed Move number five. Jump <laughs> One of my favorite and songs. And move dots all around. Sell your bonds to the sound. Put your rates off the ground. Last week, the FOMC announced a little bit of decline in accommodative policy with affirmation of its fifth tightening come December. These views are my own. Go to lowlogic.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Jump up and down and move it all around. Shake your hands through the sound. Put your hands on the ground. That is one of my one-hit wonder all-time favorite songs, Joe Farr. I don't know what it is about that song. It just fires me up. So anyway, That's hard to I, know, I know when they they go into it. I mean, less. <laughs> Les produces these, and then Gary Cantrabone over there at Lone Lodge just worked so hard to get all the music fit in there. But we all agreed, uh-uh, we'll stick to one-song parodies from now on. But anyway, <laughs> good to have you with us. You know, you've well, got you. the best website. I love I want to make sure all our listeners hear me talking about it, but I really am a big fan of it, and I use it constantly. MBS Quote Line, folks, if you're not familiar with it, definitely get signed up. And if you were looking at the screen as I am, you would be seeing what I'm seeing. But we're going to let Joe tell us all about well, it. It's a hot day. That's a good day. That's yeah, a good thing. That's a good day. Although the the reason for it's not so good, right? I mean, we had a spike in MBS prices just at the same time that one of the North Korea representatives was declaring that the United States has declared war on North Korea. You know, and the rhetoric just keeps intensifying, it seems like. But, you know, Friday saw a bit of that uh, as they, well, I'll get into it in a minute, but they threatened another hydrogen bomb mm-hmm. test. And now they're saying what they're saying about the situation, and MBS prices improved as that statement was being released. And so it, it's not a big move. It's just six thirty seconds. In fact, we've given back a couple of a couple thirty seconds there. But it's up, but not for good reason. Scary over there. And Scary what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it really is. Well, uh, yeah, we, we went into the weekend. Uh, obviously, everyone has concerns about North Korea, but there was a German election over the weekend, and th- that did not produce results that caused market movement. So uh, Merkel's party's been reelected with uh, with the majority, although they lost a bit of strength in, in the elections, but uh, her party's still in control. So looking at the week before, Dave, it was a volatile week, although in the end, MBS prices just moved a couple 30 seconds. But the push of prices, one in one direction, one in a good direction, one in not such a good direction, started with the Fed, the reaction to the Fed meeting on Wednesday was a little negative for MBS prices. There were two things that the Fed basically told us. One was very much expected, that being that they will begin to reduce their balance sheet, and that's going to begin in October, and it's going to happen on the prescribed pace as they released back in June. So really no real surprises in that. But the thing that caught me is a little bit of, of a surprise, and I think the market reacted a little negatively as a result of the fact that there's a pretty large consensus in the Fed, among the Fed members, to increase rates in December, uh, again, much as expected, but also three times in 2018. And I think the combination of those expectations and the and the degree of strength or consensus among the members for those expectations was a little bit of a surprise. It was viewed as a little hawkish and and even though they're taking away some of the accommodative policy in, in starting the balance sheet reduction in, in October, they're they're seeming to be go forward on a pretty rapid pace of rate increases as well. So We'll see how all that plays out and whether or not, you know, they've said that the balance sheet reduction is kind of on autopilot 
but certainly the rate, the expectations for rate increases will be subject to incoming economic activity. Yeah. The other thing that moved the market last week, and this one in a positive direction, and again, not for good reasons, was that North Korea announcement or threaten. They threatened to test another hydrogen bomb, this time in the open air over the over the Pacific Ocean. And, and so, you know, again, just increasing tensions, creating a bit of flight to safety on Friday and then carried over a little bit today as well. The economic data that came out last week was really not market moving, and it, it included the housing starts number, which uh, slightly beat expectations, and then existing home sales fell a little short, but NAR was quick to point out that likely the existing home sales would have matched expectations or better if were it not for Hurricane Harvey. And, and so again, as we talked about last week, incoming economic data is always going to be looked at with what did Harvey and Irma have to do with this? and and now I guess the other hurricanes as well. But, yeah, that's going to affect incoming data for some time to come, I believe. This week. Yeah, this week we have a pretty busy week, actually. Tomorrow's consumer confidence and new home sales. And then uh, Wednesday's durable orders and pending home sales. Third look at second quarter GDPs out on Thursday. And they're expecting that to stay at three-tenths or 3% uh, annualized growth rate. And then on Friday, core PCE comes out, which is always an important number, along with consumer sentiment. So, pretty big week. Yep. But, you know, most eyes are going to be on the North Korea situation. Yeah, I think global economic events are going to be having a big impact on over-trumping anything going on economically. But, you know, it's interesting to see the pending home sales index falling and the new home sales. Yeah, it looks like a slight uptick. That's pretty logical. So, of all that data, if we were to look at the data, is it? The durable goods or the third quarter GDP that you're going to say is the thing going to be the one that you're going to be focused on the most, which is no change. Third look at GDP in the third quarter is not. I mean, it's, yeah. the first quarter, the first look is the one that generates most of the uh, reaction. Yeah, and, that's what I thought. And then the second a little bit, and then the third not so much. Uh, durable not orders so is an important number. The big one next week's core PCE, you know, because yeah. inflation's been so low for so long, and we just got to see if that trend begins to go the other way. Do a great job. Yeah. I look at your website. I got it open right here. I keep it open most, most all the time. Encourage our listeners to do the same. You're offering, again, some free time. If you have people are not used you before, you can get a hold of you and sign up. What's the best number to best way to reach you? I'm at 512-637-1763. Outstanding. Check it out, folks. MBSQuoteLine.com. Get over there. And you can, of course, reach Joe at Joe.Farr, F-A-R-R, at MBSQuoteLine. Joe, thanks so much for a good report. Look forward to being right back after this brief word from our sponsor, Velma. Are you using one of those expensive CRMs that your loan officers won't use? If so, then give my friends at Velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction. I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com, V-E-L-M-A.com. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. 
To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network. It is good to be a part of that network. Love both companies. Velma does a great job. TMC, I tell you, these conferences we go to are outstanding. Alice Alvey, how are you doing? Did you watch any football this weekend, or did you get, like I did, get caught up in all the uh, – now, the college football is one thing. I know you're going to stay loyal to that. But what's your take on all this noise on the NFL? What's your take on that? I didn't watch one football game all weekend because it was so beautiful. <laughs> it was Some people were thinking it's too hot, you know, because we hit the 90s here. But I'm going to enjoy it. That's right. Outside because – when you have gorgeous weather at this time of the year up in the upper part of Ohio or where you used to live in, in uh, Michigan, uh, you, you definitely take advantage of the, the beautiful weather. And your husband being such an outdoors guy, what a great guy he is. Man's man, that's for sure. Yeah, the steelhead are running, and we had fresh steelhead trout for dinner yesterday, so that was awesome. Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine how good that was. I love steelhead trout. Well, let's talk about what's shifting gears and going back into the legislative update. What you got for us? Well, I just want to give everyone an update on where we're at from a legislative standpoint because we've had a few other topics getting weaved in during this update. and I thought I'd summarize where we're at today with some of the things that are pending now that we're kind of in this you know, year-end stretch, hopefully trying to get something accomplished, which we know is always a, a roll of the dice. So still pending is the Truth in Lending proposed rule by the CFPB. The comment period is open until October 10th. So it'll be October this week. So everybody start mm-hmm. getting your comments ready because we're still only up to 19 comments posted for this component. Yeah. I wonder if people think it's just a slam dunk and we don't have to comment or they're just too busy because the weather's so nice or the weather's horrible where you've been if you're, you know, in Texas or Florida and you've got other things to care about. And I respect for all the volunteers that have been down there helping those folks. So if you have that type of thing to worry about, I understand why you're not posting a comment. But for this purposes, I would encourage those of you who don't have that type of thing hanging over your head to go comment from the CFPB website about the truth in lending. It's essentially the black hole, right? We need to fix this problem with needing four days for a CD to redisclose prior to closing when the CD is the document that's now in play for disclosing costs to the customer. There were some interesting comments posted since last week about from folks who clearly don't understand what this is trying to do. There's a comment out there about how this is bad for consumers. Um, there's another comment that seems to be misunderstanding title endorsements. So if we're not careful here, the wrong comments might be the majority of the comments. So I do encourage everyone to get out there and uh, make your voice heard that this is an important rule and should be moved forward with. From a bill's standpoint, the main ones that we're watching are the amendment to the SAFE Act, because we do have a House bill and a Senate bill, which, you know, if you remember your civics class, we need both to pass and be able to then get a combined bill that goes to the president. So the good news is we've got one in each, the Senate and the House, to offer a 120-day grace period for loan originator licensing when folks are moving from a bank or a licensed entity to a non, uh, from a non-licensed entity to a licensed entity. 
this is a really important rule, I think, for the industry as a whole, right? So we should have the 120-day grace period move forward. The requirements are very well structured. There isn't anything that needs to be rephrased in the in the bills, and I, I think this is a, a slam dunk the way they're proposed. So we do need to get behind that one and get that passed. Credit Score Competition Act is still hopefully going nowhere. This was an attempt for Fannie and Freddie to provide greater transparency in credit scores. Interestingly enough, there's a few bills about home, manufactured housing modernization, but so far no relevance to mortgage lending on its own. Just a few others. So nothing real relevant other than the safe acts to watch in the legislative process. Some minor ones, but we'll let you know if they get legs. So as of now, that's where we're at, we're at Dave, for the legislative update. That is good. And Alice, several people have said, how does tra- Alice keep track of all of this? And I know you, like myself, are using the mobile app for the MBA, the MBA has created for the Mortgage Action Alliance. It's a very effective tool. And I encourage our listeners to go get signed up for that. Alice, do you want to add to that? Well, of course, I love Excel. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> I have my spreadsheets. But definitely I rely on GovTrack. Uh, it's a great website yes. to go look up to see what is pending out there. And then really we just take our time to check all the news sources of what are people talking about. We certainly check NMLS and CFPB as well as FDIC. The regulators see what they're posting. And, of course, we're living it every day over here at Union Home. You're and our living. compliance team is on top of it as well. So <laughs> you, They do a great job. Bill? Bill Cosgrove and company do a great job. They're fortunate to have you. Alice is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. And we're grateful that she brings us a legislative update each and every week. Alice, thank you so much. Now let's run over to David Bolin of Finastra. Again, the third largest tech company, fintech company in the world. That's pretty amazing. David? Hey, thanks a lot, David. Finastra is extremely proud to be a key sponsor of the Looking On Lending Program. Known formally as DNH, Finastra's global lending division provides end-to-end solutions and innovation to the full spectrum of lenders, including independent mortgage bankers, community banks and credit unions, and even the largest banks globally. Learn more about how you provide an innovative digital experience for your borrowers by leveraging our multi-channel point-of-sale solution, which includes the new MortgageBot Mobile, by visiting our website at finastra.com. Yeah, be sure to check it out, finastra.com. Great group of people and some solid technology. Their sales are on fire right now, so you definitely want to check out why so many are selecting it. Now let's get over to get an update on Simplify, get another great partnership that we have and uh, pleased with it. Simplify has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. Good job. Check it out and Simplifile. They do a great job. Really appreciate all of our sponsors. And Simplifile is in that category. Love them all. So let's get over to Sam Garcia, who's got an update on the headlines. Sam, good to have you dialed in, friend. 
Hey, David, good to be here and good to be enjoying a little bit of a cool down over here lately. Gosh, it's been oh, so hot yeah. for so long. Yeah. Well, speaking of the NFL, you got I got to admire Jerry Jones who gave the best gave the best response to all this nonsense going on out there, but I really loved it. He says, if you don't want to stand, you can just not only sit, but you're off the team. I love that. Strong stance. Stand up. Jerry Jones. One my respect, so I dumped the Seahawks and moved over to the oh back over to the Cowboys. I probably should have always been there living in Texas, but anyway, what you got, Fred? Yeah, I think we're playing tonight, actually, to tell you the truth. So looking forward yeah, to it that. is. I'm going to be watching that game. It's the only one I'm going to watch. Yeah, well, so listen, I, I, got, got? I got a lot of good headlines here. I really had to just trim them down. There was just too much for you. So I did my best here. Keep it down and uh, get the most important information out there. The first thing I wanted to cover is that last week we created our report that estimates quarterly mortgage originations, and we do that by obtaining data from the Federal Department Insurance Corporation, the Conference of State Bank Supervisors, and a company called Callahan for Credit Unions. And based on all that data, we estimate that there were $467 billion in loan originations during the second quarter. That was better than $386 billion in the first quarter, but was off, well off from $532 billion a year ago. What's really good about this report is it gives an update of market share, and based on our estimates, bank market share of the mortgage origination market has fallen to 38% in the second quarter of this year from 40% a year ago. So they've lost some share, and picking it up were credit unions. They got 10% market share versus 8% they had a year ago. And then based on some revised data we were able to get from the conference of uh, bank supervisors. We found that non-banks have a 52% market share, and that's the same as they've had over the past year. So um, that's what we've got most recently. Again, that's second quarter. There's not a lot of changes in the market share. That's that's interesting because the credit unions we're getting a lot of calls as a as a consulting firm from credit unions. So there's I can substantiate that just from the activity we're having coming into us looking for advisory services. That's that's really interesting. I have an affinity for credit unions. My first job was way back at Farmers Insurance Group, Federal Credit Union. If you could believe, when I was 21, they allowed me to set up their real estate lending program. Of course, they've come a long wow. way since I was there that many years ago. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, okay, I'm uh, moving on. Data from Ellie May's Origination Insight Report indicate that FICO scores, LTV ratios, and debt-to-income ratios have all loosened from a year ago. So lenders have become uh, more flexible as we're seeing the volume start to drop. Meanwhile, um, conventional share has thinned to 64% in August from 68% a year earlier, while FHA and VA share widened. So we saw some shift over to government programs. And finally, with Ellie's report, that loan turnaround has improved by four days from a year ago from 42 or 242 days this last month. As volume drops, we all know that people uh, do a little bit better on the existing pipelines they have. At least I've always seen it during my career. So uh, uh, that's what we're seeing at this point. Then, you know, moving on in that same direction, Fannie Mae put out a survey of senior executives and that indicates that demand has fallen for refinances over the past three months, and these executives expect demand to continue to fall over the next three months. At the same time, 
credit standards have loosened. So they've loosened, and in addition, they're expected to ease even more over the next three months. And we saw that the most loosening among uh, all these that were surveyed was on GSC programs. That's one trend that's happened. That's always an interesting report from Fannie. comes out every three months. Black Knight reported that non-current delinquency inched up uh, basis point to 4.69% as of August 31st. And, you know, although the foreclosure rate was down, the 30-day rate rose. So that's what pushed that overall non-current rate up. Black Knight noted that more than 6,700 mortgages became at least 30 days delinquent because of Hurricane Harvey. And Black Knight added that the heaviest impact on mortgage delinquency rates will come in September based on some observations they made on previous hurricanes and how the loans performed in those areas. A predictor of upcoming mortgage originations, our mortgage market index, was down 3% last week. And, and that index, which is based on average per user rate lock volume and open close, tumbled 18% from a year ago. Refinances drove the week-over-week drop, while the conventional MMI was out front of the year-over-year reduction. A man was sentenced to three years in prison for defrauding Navy Federal Credit Union on home equity loans, and the losses on those associated loans were about $3 million. So, you know, Navy is a, a pretty good-sized credit union among the biggest that we track as far as loan originations. And then one, one last report I wanted to mention here was that data reported by Ginny May indicate that MBS issuance was $44.1 billion in August. That was just a little bit more than July, but down from August of last year. And those are our big headlines today, David. So hopefully we got the good best job. ones and most interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do a good job, and uh, I love the website. And I think you know, I encourage our listeners to go check it out at mortgagedaily.com and encourage them to subscribe. You can do so by calling Sam at 214-521-1300, or you can email him, samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com. Appreciate you so much, Sam, taking time. I know you're a busy guy, so you take time and you look at those headlines, and as like Alice and Andy and Joe, they all take time to contribute to the program. I want to say a big thank you, friend. Really do. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's talk about a couple of things. You know, ArchMI has been a sponsor of the program and is a sponsor program. Uh, very proud to have them. I was just talking to Jim Jump, and I'm over on their website right now. What I'm looking at, I encourage you to get over there and look at it as well, folks, because here's why. Number one, it, they, they issued in September, and I failed to mention this, the they call it the Hammer Report, and it's a report that gets in and really looks at the housing market, and I could get on and on about it, but I encourage you to go to their website, or you just put in ArchMI, and it'll bring it up, and on the website, you will, uh, if you Google that, it'll bring it right up, but I'm, I'm dialed into mi.archcapgroup.com, but look at, check out the Hammer Report. Also, take a look at what they're doing to help their customers affected by the hurricane, especially Hurricane Irma as it rolled through. There is a lot of companies being impacted, probably no more so than the, the MI companies because of the potential delinquency this yields and brings. And they're doing a great job of meeting the customer's needs, being responsive to that. And the best way you can have as a resource for those customers that you are dealing with that may have been impacted by either Harvey or Irma is to go to resources like that. MBA's got some great resources. Get over there. But also, get over and go to the ArchMI website. Strongly recommend it. 
appreciate the partnership with them. Jim Jump, we're hopefully going to have him on back on the radio program here, giving us an update on all that's going on. They continue to be the leader. And they said, remember, our, with jo- Shawnee Honadell was on here. She used to have an ad to lead, lead ahead of the herd. And they're definitely leading in, uh, in the marketplace. And we're thrilled to have them as a sponsor. Check them out, ArchMI. Go over and Google that and get over to their website. Check all the resources that are there. Normally, we'd have Andy Shell, the profit doctor. He is traveling and unable to make it. So I want to talk a little bit about some things that we've got coming up on the, the podcast. I'm very excited. We have got Alan Pollack going to be coming up and giving us, in this same time slot, going to give us more updates on technology. We're going to be developing and getting back and focus on what's going on in technology. That is such an integral part of the success. So you look at what's happening with Rocket Mortgage. Now, people say that it's a technology. You know, Quicken has actually become... A technology company, I'd argue they're becoming the most successful marketing company in the world. And is their technology the best out there? Well, we're going to be talking about it. It's very good. you got to look at last year. $7 billion was originated via Rocket Mortgage. And I, 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 look, I think it's really important that we focus on technology. And there's a lot happening here. We're excited to have Black Knight come in as a sponsor. I think data is one of the big places you need to be looking, what you could be doing with data. Big data is something that is going to be driving the market. And another thing I want to talk about is in upcoming podcasts, we're going to be talking with some folks on technology and social media, how social media and technology work together and how you can originate loans. We have an increasing number of companies that we're working with that are originating 100% of their loans over the Internet. And it's, it's pretty innovative. I know this is maybe just a trickle, but I'm wondering when we cross over the chasm, uh, Jeffrey Moore's book, Crossing the Chasm, when are we going to cross over and is that going to be the primary way which loans are originated? Pay attention to the leaders. Quicken Loans is definitely a leader in the marketplace. See how they're doing? Folks, we've got to take these trends seriously. So we're going to be talking more about that. And how you manage your trends and how you look at them? Well, Motivity Solutions with the KPI of the week is always one of the ways that we think lenders absolutely need to be staying and tracking what's going on in their business. So let's run over to John Maynell for the Key Performance Indicator or KPI of the week. John is Vice President of Client Services. John, good to have you with us. What you have for us today, my friend? Hi, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be back. And this week's key performance indicator is application to underwriting cycle time. This KPI is a measurement delivered at business days, and tracking this metric helps lenders ensure that their processes upstream from underwriting are as efficient as they can be. Our clients generally find that the sooner their qualified borrowers receive an underwriting decision, the less likely those borrowers are to shop around. So this KPI can ultimately boost app-to-funded pull-through as well, which is the KPI we focused on last week. So we're really beginning to connect the dots between operational efficiency and customer satisfaction. And once again, this and other KPIs we will be talking about in the coming weeks always demonstrate that what gets measured gets results. And uh, with that, I will thank you again, Dave, and turn it back to you. Thank you, John. Really appreciate that. 
look forward to having, you know, a lot of people are dialing in and saying, or calling me and texting me, says, could you rerun that part of the, uh, the program again? I want to get what Alice said or Joe said, and, or what, uh, what John said about the KPI of the week. I want my operations person to listen to that. Well, you can go to our website, lickingonlending.com, and you can click on Alice's picture or Joe's picture or Sam's picture and get a download of just those segments. And we're going to be adding, because it's been by the popular demand, the comments by John Maynell. So anyway, it's good to have you with us. We've got a special guest. We're ready to get started with the Hot Topic segment. We've got Maria Vergara with us, and Maria is president of the NAREP Consulting Services. Now, NAREP stands for the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. It's an organization that was started and headed up by Gary Acosta is the nation's largest minority trade association focusing on the Hispanic market, but it's diversified even to all aspects, many other aspects. Again, NAREP is what we commonly refer to. We've we got to make an acronym out of everything in this industry. So NAREP, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, Consulting Services, again, is a division of that. And we're excited to have a mortgage professional that's been around for in the industry for a number of years, over 20 years in the financial services industry, joining us. And again, her name is Maria Vagara. So good to have you with us, Maria. How are you doing? Hello, very good. Thanks for having me. You're dialing in from the St. Louis area, are you not? I know you travel a lot, so maybe you're traveling out and about and speaking at a lot of conferences, but anyone who's attended a conference has most likely heard you speak. You and I present a lot across the country, but it's really good to have you here with us. You know, we're all so busy when we look at our schedules and what's going on, and and I'm really wondering, some people might be wondering, why we're focusing on this. And one of the logical pieces is, is I don't know of anyone that's not couldn't use a little bit extra business and working on it, but why is this topic, diversity, and this focusing specifically on the Hispanic uh, market, why is this so important? Um, absolutely, people are really busy, and this is just one more thing to focus on, right? But, I mean, just hearing all the speakers before um, before you introduce me, you know, refis are down, interest rates are going up, we're entering in a slower market activity this time of year. So, you know, really it's, it's only something that you should be interested if you want to learn how to replace revenue. So if you are, which I think we all are, then this is a great place to look because this is where the growth is. It's just, this is the number one growth opportunity and it's just a mega, really a mega market. That's why, I mean, it's all about economics. I mean, I think it is. And I think there's other companies that are picking up on it. And a lot of people say, and we know Texas and California are big states with a lot of Latinos in them. And if I'm a lender outside of those states, is that something that's really important? And I would point you to First Community Mortgage is one example. They're based in Tennessee and Miguel Vega. She's talking to yep. him this week. And his passion for the markets, Maria, this market, it, it's, it's infectious. And I love he and Jason Mariato of Altera. But let's yeah. talk why those that are in the business outside of these markets should really be paying attention to it. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Those three markets, Texas, California, um, Florida, that represents 55% of all Latinos in the U.S. So it, it's, those are huge markets, densely populated. But really, if you look at growth trends, it's really in the southeast. So you see a lot of growth in like uh, Nashville, where First Community Mortgage is, is located, or the Carolinas, or Atlanta, 
where you're seeing three-digit, four-digit growth. And really what's happening there is just migration, not immigration per se. I'm sure there's, there is immigration, but migration. So folks are you know, leaving areas like Chicago or Miami or New York where it's overpopulated or expensive, living expenses are high or not enough job opportunities and going to markets where you can grow you know, your, your future. And so you see a lot of that growth. So I'd say don't just look at you know, the big markets and if you're in one of those trend-setting uh, trend markets, then that's really an opportunity for growth, too. And, yeah, First Community uh, Mortgage is an example. They've done a great job in capturing market opportunity in places that you normally wouldn't think. Yeah, it's just so important. Let's get over to Alice. Let her join in on this discussion a bit. I'm already getting some responses from emails. So, Alice? Good to have you here with us. Let you get in on this discussion. Welcome, Maria. It's great to have you here. What are the steps to get into this market? You know, what if I'm not in this market? You know, why do you think I should get there and how do I get there? Yeah, I mean, well, one is partnering with with experts, of course, organization, you know, being one of them. We need to help customers understand that even though it's, you know, I think that most most companies might look at this and say, this is such a daunting task. Where do we start? And really, we provide a you know, step-by-step way of getting there. And so the first, really the first step for, for any company is just benchmarking and seeing where you are. You know, this is Humda time, right? Humda analysis just came out for 2015. Um, it's going to be, or excuse me, 2016, it's going to be a great way of benchmarking, and I, I know from my experience being in industry and, and, and mortgage for the last uh, decade or so, is that who who in the organization uses that information? Probably most likely the fair lending or the compliance folks, and they're looking to make sure, number one, are we staying out of trouble, <laughs> uh, which you absolutely should use that information for those reasons. But share it with your business partner. Share it with your business development and, and your salespeople. Where are opportunities that we're that we're missing or leaving business on the table. Sometimes what happens, you take a look at it and you say, oh, good. You know, we, 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 don't, uh, we didn't understand or we didn't know that there was great uh, lending being done in diverse segments in, in this part of the country or in this branch. So sometimes uh, looking at it is a great opportunity to identify gaps, but also best practices with your organization. So I say, you know, this is a great time. 2018 planning, Humda's being released. This is actually Hispanic Heritage Month. Great timing, David, on this segment. Yeah, great timing. <laughs> September 15th yeah. through October through October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month, so it's a it's a good time to take a look and and focus on some other business that maybe you haven't been looking before. I'm gonna run over to Joe because you know Joe, you and I. I, I don't, how's your Spanish, Joe? No, Joe? I gave you my best hola. <laughs> hola, <laughs> Joe. You do. Yeah. So, uh, Maria, how is this different. I mean, uh, you got people out there that are doing all they can get to get loans, and they're certainly not doing things to avoid getting loans from Latinos. How is how is this market different than the market they currently work in, and and what should they you do to to make a bigger splash in the Latino market? Yeah, I'd say, you know, really, there are a lot of similarities between the general market and the Latino market, but there are some cultural nuances that impact the segment, I think, more so than the general market. And when we talk about Latino and Hispanic, which, by the way, you can use both terms just fine, um, but it's over 20 different nationalities. Um, you know, it, it's uh, Mexican, it's Cuban, Puerto Rican, Venezuelan, and, and so 
what you have, though, a commonality there is a, really a distrust of financial services that, that is there for good reason. You know, if you look at Mexico in the 1980s, the, the peso devaluated and what happened in Cuba with, with the regimes just acquiring businesses and taking over families, estates, wealth. A lot happened in those countries, and so we, unfortunately, those that are byproducts of our uh, ancestors that came from there, like myself, uh, Mexican-American uh, generation, you know, our parents and or we experience really significant reasons why you, you don't trust financial institutions. And so that's like education is the biggest thing. And because because of that, that background that, that we come from. But aside from that, you ask, you know, how can people do a better job or lenders or companies do a better job at this segment? I, I really boil it down to a few things. One, people doing a better job reflecting the communities we serve, for sure. And I know that um, everyone's looking for millennials and, you know, getting younger people in the industry, which absolutely we need to. By the way, six six out of ten Latinos are millennial. So if you have a millennial focus or thinking about having a millennial focus, you're going to have to, by by default, have a Latino focus. Interesting. Um, so That's people, interesting. You, yeah. So pe- people and, and recruiting is number one. Two is place, you know, where are we opening uh, our branches or where are we focusing marketing activity? Like I, we mentioned earlier, David, the, the hyper growth markets, not just those metro areas, but other growth markets. Also social media. So, you know, virtual place, because this is a huge millennial market, social media is going to be really important. You know, promotion, you know, how are you marketing your firm? Is it, you know, do you have that uh, literal and figurative, you know, welcome sign? by you know, images on your website or, you know, web pages. Give us some examples of marketing to the Latino home market. What are some things that people should, uh, well, I know they can retain you to work with them on how to do that, but give them a couple of quick tips, if you wouldn't mind, on things that can help or keep the Latino at your website if they are there. Having representation of, of you know, diversity, not just Latino, but diversity in general, um, the the growing market, three quarters of, of new homeowner uh, household formations in the U.S. is going to be from diverse segments. So, you know, you want to be representative of future customers, and, and it is diverse. So having diverse representation, making sure that you have products and, and programs that are not just FHA, but conventional, but down payment assistance programs and other things that are uh, helpful for first-time home buyers. Easily located, or you know, is, is that something that you have to dig around on the website to find, or is it easily, uh, uh, you know, can you find it easily there? If there is a language issue, is there an 800 number to help someone? Can you search a loan officer by by language if if that's a preference? You know, those are some things, but really, I'd say also making sure that you're networking with folks like organizations like NARF, ARIA, NARED, uh, VAR. And, and making sure that you're um, present. So presence is, is, a, is really a big thing as well because we want to see that you're taking an interest and in, in making a concerted effort to be networked with us. Allison, Joe, I want to come back to you in just a minute. I, I want to point out again my conversations with Miguel Vega and how 
in this particular case, First Community Mortgage made the decision to set up a separate division and even have, it's called Human Mortgage, and have it literally separately branded. Is that something that's necessary in your opinion? Is that how you advise people to do that? Well, the, the human mortgage, from what I understand, is the new branding, not just for the Latino segment. What they've done, actually, I think is is a little bit of the opposite. Really, what they did is they created their Latino effort to be an integral part of their overall strategy, which I think is really, really yeah. important. Because when you have it as a separate entity or something here on the side, then people just aren't bought in. And really, this is not a niche market anymore. This is the market. This is the yeah, that's a great way market. to put it. This is the first yeah. time homebuyer market. So what they, you know, they as as others do is they didn't just make this person, whether it was Miguel or anyone else, the one tank army, or or you know the corporate or the general of the one tank army. Um, they put some right. resources yeah. <laughs> behind it with a team, yeah. and that's important. You don't want one person to be responsible for this nationwide or or even. In City, yeah. you, you know, you really have to have some strategy behind it. Hopefully, Miguel's listening in on this because I think you, they're doing a good job of that. And I wanted to call attention yeah. to it. Yeah, I just saw the different business card, but so you're recommending more of an integrated solution. That's excellent. Alice, let's run over to you. Are you guys focusing on that at Union Home? I mean, how? Don't want to put Union Home on the spotlight here, but I mean, I, I I know how progressive and intelligent Bill is and the way he builds the business. He and Al, what are you seeing? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Well, we, we have branches definitely in locations across the country that do have Spanish-speaking populations, and, you know, we have loan officers who speak Spanish, so we definitely have a part, uh, you know, uh, branches and a team on board who wants to work and make sure we're serving, you know, all communities and reaching out to all communities fairly. So uh, my, my question is on the education side. I think we have talked in the past about, you know, that there's a, I think you even mentioned in the beginning of the program a little bit of mistrust for our industry. So isn't there a yeah, need then for uh, our industry to educate folks and offer maybe some opportunities for folks who may mistrust us to learn more about the business or learn about a particular company? And I wasn't sure if your organization helped with that, with providing education. NARAP, the trade association, is absolutely at, at the forefront of educating things that people can do to both grow the um the trust with the industry and consumers, and then also educate on, on the great opportunity of the profession, um, which goes back to you know the people in the recruiting efforts. Because when you're entrenched in those markets and you're doing that work, then that's going to come more naturally than than not. Education is very important. Working with nonprofit organizations, counseling agencies, networking with housing finance authorities, the GSEs are rebuilding their community lending teams, which was great because they detracted from that a couple of years ago and they're they're really back in full force. All of those are ways that a lender can partner with centers of influence, I'll call them, and, and get connected for not just consumer purposes or getting a acquisition of new customers, but also recruiting opportunities and identifying, you know, who's really working with the segment in your marketplace. Joe? Got some more questions that Roland come across your mind as we're thinking about the whole Latino and Hispanic market. We've talked about the you know the opportunity coming and and being a great 
part of the industry, and and some of that or most of that's going to be demographic, I'm assuming. But are there other things going on within the Latino community that is bringing more people to the market to become first-time homebuyers? That's a is a really great question. It's it's interesting because the despite what we might hear in. in mainstream media, the, the Latino market is growing leaps and bounds, mostly just through demog- demographic uh, change. So like the, the true birth rate versus mortality, not through immigration. In fact, the immigration from Mexico and other countries in Latin America and South America declined since the recession. The immigration from Asia and from other countries have increased. So this is really just a demographic play right now. Seven, 17% of the U.S market is is latino uh, by um 2020 it, it's going to be around 25 percent in some markets it's already there first time home home buyer uh segment is growing fastest among the latino segment and there are other things job workforce participation among latinos is the highest of any group fastest growing and entrepreneurial rates the uh, latinas the female uh, Hispanic uh, are are leading the pack for graduate uh, for uh, college. So yeah, all of those things are contributing to this growth that we're seeing in the segment. Someone just texted in a question: What's the difference between Latino and Hispanic? Aren't those interchangeable? And not sure they are. <laughs> clarify that. Um, they they are through the U.S. Census. It is, um, but really the differentiating factor is when we speak when we're talking about. Hispanic, we're referring to those that, that speak Spanish, um, which is a common, a unifier of, you know, I mentioned 20 some different nationalities versus Latino, which you may be from Brazil and you don't speak Spanish. Yeah. It is interchangeable. You could use both. You could use both. Most people really so, would refer themselves with their nationality. I usually, I don't generally call myself Hispanic or Latina. I, I generally say I'm Mexican-American. So, but, but, yeah. but um, you wouldn't offend anyone by using either term. Okay, good, good, good. You know, when you're looking, this Alice has talked a lot about Humda and, and how that can be you know, used in, in a good, positive way. But, you know, how can Humda be leveraged for better business development? I think that's an interesting question. I really encourage folks that are listening now to, to you know, proactively ask their compliance or lending folks to share that information with business development. And if those that are doing that, that's great. I just know from, you know, from past experience, a lot of times it's kind of kept. You only know about the Honda if you're doing something wrong. <laughs> um, so right, yeah. you, you don't want to do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you want to use it for business development opportunities to see, okay, where are the markets that were underperforming or maybe overperforming compared to our peers in this segment? Because there's great learnings to be made for best practices. So really share the information, see how you can act on it, how you can use that for business development reasons, and not just you know not just the uh, keeping yourself out of trouble, but also seeing where can we grow. I can't believe the hour's already used up. We've got to move on. How can people get a hold of you, Maria, to be able to retain you to help them as they explore the Hispanic market, or uh, just generally want to learn get some more information? What's the best way to do that? Sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. You can look at our website, narconsulting.com. You can call our office, 619-719-4838. And uh, we'd love to talk to you, see how we can help. You do a great job. It's always fun. I'm sure if they haven't seen you speak, they should. You have been speaking as at many of the events as I have. Joe and Alice, any last questions you have for Maria as we wrap this one up? 
that. Yeah, thank you very much, Marie. I think just repeating your contact information would be great because you're such a valuable resource for everyone to uh, at least give you a call and find out how you can, they can collaborate with you. Thank great you. Idea. I appreciate it. Yeah, so good to have you, everybody. We've had Maria Vagara here with us today, and she is the president of NARREP Consulting Services. Get a hold of her if you have any questions. And I think it's important that we look at this part of the market, folks. You can't ignore it. It's, it's especially the first-time homebuyer market, one of the fastest-growing segments, and you can't ignore it. If you do, it's at your home peril. Kudos to Gary Acosta and everyone there at NAREP, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, for the great job they're doing. Next week, we're going to have on Alan Pollock, Chief Technology Officer. He's joining us in the consulting business as a Chief Technology Officer, as well as he has his own things that he's doing. But we're going to talk about what's going on in the world of mortgage technology. Big, big topic, and excited to have him on, and then he'll be joining us on a more regular basis. Folks, it's been good to have you be here with us. Appreciate you telling others about the podcast. Special thank you to Richard at Everbank who dialed in. I know there's many, many others who dial in. If you dial in just a little early, just raise your hand. I'd love to visit with you and say hi. We try to turn on the mic beforehand to see who dialed in early. Good way for us to give you a call-out and a shout-out from the radio. Good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. Look forward to seeing you back here. And a special thank you to all of our sponsors, ArchMI, Finastra, Velma, the list goes on and on and on, Simplifile, Mortgage Collaborative. Appreciate all of the Motivity Solutions. Thank you all. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.